0: Welcome to another episode of believing God's promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. We are in the middle of our series called God is and in this series we're looking at the truth that if God is or if God is love, and love is patient, then God is patient, right? So we've been breaking down this verse in 1 Corinthians 13, and we've been looking at the different attributes of God so that we can have a better understanding of how God loves us. But we don't just stop there. It's just not about us getting and receiving God's love. It's about once we have a hold of that, once we understand how much God loves us, then we are called to go out and be the light of the world. We're called to go out and love people. So we're looking at how we as believers can go out and love the world because there is a world out there that is, they are hurting and and they don't have any hope left and, and they don't know where to turn. And we have the answer and the answer is Jesus, right? So what does it look like for us to go out and be patient with people and be kind with people? And so in this series, it's been really good. We've only got a couple weeks left of this. I believe there's only two weeks after today that we've got left of this, but we still have, um, after that, we have my identity series. So if you are here and you haven't registered, please register for that. If you want to do the online version of the identity series, then please go over to my YouTube channel and subscribe, and I'm going to have a community set up there so that I can get on and interact with you after I do the teaching. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. Um, If you are on YouTube, then you're already probably subscribed. If not, you can subscribe. If you are on Facebook, then there should be a link above the video that takes you directly to my YouTube channel. So anyway, we are doing the series. It's been really good. We've got a couple of weeks left. Hang in there. I know it's been long. I know it's taken a while, but you know what? We're getting through it. And I think it's been so good to see how God loves us and how we can go and love other people. And today we're talking about how God always trusts. God always trusts. But the thing is, is with this word trust, the English word is a little bit confusing. It it, it doesn't really make sense to us. So I looked it up in the Greek. And the Greek, it says that love believes all things. Love believes all things. Now that doesn't mean that God is naive and just believes everything everybody's gonna say to him. He doesn't, just like we don't believe everything that everybody says to us. We don't believe everything that's said in the world. That's not what this is talking about. Now, if we look in the the same verse, the first Corinthians 13, seven, if we look in the amplified version, I love how it says, let's, let's read this. Okay, it says, love believes all things. Looking for the best in each one. now, in the amplified classic version, this is another way of saying it is love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. So it's always looking for the best in people. It's ever ready. It's wanting to believe the best, not the worst. And we see this with God and how he is like this with his mercy, right? He has mercy for us. He had mercy for Peter in that Peter, what did Peter do? He denied Jesus three times. He betrayed him. He wasn't even at his crucifixion. He didn't show up, but you know what? Jesus believed the best in Peter. He saw that God had a calling on his life. He saw that it was beyond his sin. And, And obviously Jesus being fully God paid for that sin, right? On the cross. But he saw that God had a calling in his life and he didn't give up on him based on what he had done, based on how he had hurt him. But so often that's what we do. That's what we do is we give up on people because they've hurt us. We give up on people because they've betrayed us or because they've ignored us, because they've talked about us behind our back. But that's not who God is. That's not mercy. And I love, this story of Jonah because it really explains God's mercy in a deeper manner. And we don't have time today to read the whole book of Jonah, but I want to encourage you guys to go back and read it because it's a really good book of the Bible and you can learn a lot. But basically Jonah was a prophet and God sent him to to Nineveh. In Nineveh, the Ninevites were actually uh, enemies with the Israelites. and But God sent him to Nineveh to preach a message of repentance because these people were evil. They were wicked. They were against the Israelites. They were doing horrible, horrible things. And Jonah, being a man that was very angry about this, decided to run. He didn't think it was right that God would show them mercy. He didn't think it was right that God would even consider allowing them to repent instead of destroying them, giving them a chance to repent. And so Jonah ran, and I'm sure you've heard the story of Jonah in the well, where he gets swallowed by this fish. And even at the end of that, even though he's obedient in a way, his heart wasn't, he didn't have a heart of obedience. He did it just because of the circumstances. But anyway, long and short, as Jonah went ahead and he went to. And he began to speak out what God had called him to speak out about, preach about the repentance that these people needed to come to so that God wouldn't destroy them. And I love the decree that the king sent out. We're going to read this. This is in Jonah 3, 7 through 10. All right. So this is the decree. It says, by the decree of the king of his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Now, sackcloth here often represented repentance. So they would cover themselves in sackcloth to show that they were in a state of repentance. And then it says, let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may relent relent and with compassion, turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. I love this. So the king is saying, hey, guys, it's time to repent. He understood what they were doing was wrong. And he was calling all of the people and all of the animals to come to a place of repentance in hopes that God would relent, that God would have mercy on them. And then in verse 10, we read how God reacts. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. I love that. So even though these people were evil, and even though Jonah thought they were too far gone, God believed the best about them. He knew that, that he should give them a chance to repent and I love God's heart in that I love His mercy in that but whenever it comes to us we're just not like that a lot of times are we I know with me personally I struggle with this for a long time there was there was a time in my life when all I could ever do was think the worst about anyone. And no matter what anyone did, I would always think, if they said they were going to do something for me, let's say, then I would think, oh my gosh, yeah, we'll see if they're going to do it. If they said that they were going to be there for me um, for a situation that I was in, I would automatically assume that they would be gone. And I think that a lot of times, whenever we're like that, there's an underlying issue. Maybe you've been hurt a lot in your life. Maybe you've been betrayed. Maybe you were walked out on. Maybe you had someone tell you to your face that you weren't good enough and someone hurt you really bad. Whatever it is that you've gone through, I want you to understand that even though you may have walked through the healing of that, it doesn't mean that you're not still reacting to other people based on those things that you've been through. And so whenever I was going through this and I got saved, God began to teach me and show me, and this wasn't even that long ago, honestly, that He began to show me that even though I was walking in freedom in a lot of areas in my life, He began to show me that whenever I came across people, that I was not believing the best about them. I was actually believing the worst. See, because what He was showing me is that because all of the pain, the things that had been done to me. I was abused when I was a child. I had my ex-husband cheat on me, walked out. And I just, I had a lot of pain and a lot of things in my life. And he began to show me that those things were brought me to this place where I thought that I was protecting myself so that whenever people would come up to me and they would tell me things, if I said, no, I'm not going to believe it. My mind would automatically tell me, don't believe it. This isn't true. This isn't going to happen. You know, that they're just going to hurt you. You know, that they're just going to walk out on you. You know, that they're just going abandon you, when people would come to me and that would begin to happen, the Lord began to show me that it was all of that pain, all those things that I had been through that brought me to that place where my heart was becoming calloused because I felt like if I believed them, then I was giving them the power to be able to hurt me. And I think that that's the place that a lot of us are, is that we've all been hurt, haven't we? We've all gone through difficult things and we feel like if we trust someone, if we believe the Best in someone, then we're literally handing over power to them so that they can hurt us. And that is so far from the truth. That's what the enemy wants us to think. And so as I was going through this process a few years ago, I began to think, oh my gosh, maybe there's some things that I haven't healed from. Maybe there's some insecurity uh some unforgiveness that i haven't i haven't gone through maybe i'm holding resentment towards someone maybe i'm feeling like bitterness towards someone and i began to seek god i began to cry out to him and i began to say god search my heart show me if there's anything i love what psalms 139:23 says it says search me god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts See if there's any offensive way in me. God, show me if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What's the way everlasting? It's looking more like Jesus, right? Learning to love like God. I'm a child of God. I should look like him. I should imitate him. But what's blocking me, God? Search my heart. Show me, Lord. And I began to cry out to the Lord. I began to ask him to show me if there was anything. And as he took me through that process, I really didn't sense that the Lord was showing me anything. And like I said, this was a few years ago. I'm not perfect. I'm not saying I haven't ever not forgiven someone or held resentment. What I'm saying is that in that moment, the Lord didn't show me anything specific. He And so then I began to get a little confused. I was like, wait a second, God, like if, if, I've, if I've healed of this stuff, if, if I've actually forgiven people, if I've let go of the pain, if I've actually walked through the healing process and I'm walking in freedom from that hurt, then why am I not walking in freedom with the way I'm thinking? And so I begin to seek him more and I begin to ask him, God, what is going on? Show me what is going on. And he showed me so clearly. He was like, Carrie, it's because it's become a stronghold in your mind. And I was like, oh my gosh. Now, if you don't know what a stronghold Is I've got the definition here. A stronghold is a habitual pattern of thought built into one's thought life. So it's when we think about something over and over and over and over, it becomes a reality to us. It becomes a almost like a truth to us, right? If I'm told from the time I'm two years old that I'm no good and that I'm not worth anything, and I'm told that for years upon years, then what happens? That thought just goes over and over in my head. And I begin to believe that I'm no good, that I'm worthless, that I'm not good enough for God. That And, and we're going to learn more about this in our identity series, because this is such a key to being free and walking in our new identity in Christ. But this is true for other things, right? And the Lord began to show me, he was like, Carrie, you've got a stronghold in your mind. And you've got this pattern of thinking that's thinks it's protecting you. uh, You actually think you're protecting yourself from getting hurt. So when someone approaches you and wants to be your friend, your first thought is, yeah, right. They're probably going to walk out on me or someone approaches me and they say that they're going to do something for me. Then your thought, your first thought is, yeah, right. Let's see if that actually happens. Nobody ever actually follows through with anything. I hope you guys are understanding what I'm trying to say here. And that is what the stronghold is. It's this thought That goes over and over in your mind, and you begin to react based on that. And so I was like, "Okay, Lord, well, what do we do about this? Because this isn't like where our identity in Christ. What do we do whenever we have a stronghold in our life? We we use the word of God. We take that thought captive, and we use the word of God, and we replace the thoughts, the lies of the enemies, and we replace it with the truth of the word of God. But really, there's not much in the word that tells us that people are going to always be there for us, right? There's not actual scripture that says, oh yeah, if your friend says that they're going to do something, they're going to do it. No, because we're all humans, right? We've all hurt each other. So I was like, Lord, I I get it with identity. I get it with other things. I get it with the promises in your word, but this is like humans that we're dealing with God. I mean, look at us. We're a mess, right? And so I begin to seek the Lord. And that's when he brought me to 2 Corinthians 10.3. We're going to read this. And it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We... um, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to the, to make it obedient to Christ. And I was like, yeah, God. Okay. So we take the thoughts captive and we replace them with the truth of the word of God. But I still didn't get it. I was like, there's not scripture that tells me that people aren't going to hurt me, God. I don't understand. But then he began to show me his character. He began to show me who he is. And like I said earlier, I'm a child of God, right? And And I want to look more like jesus and what is that let me let me turn back over to there because we're going to read this again i want you guys to get this because this is so good this is so important it says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and we take captive every thought to make it obedient obedient to christ how do we make it obedient to christ what does christ do he loves people right? He is love. He's, he's part of the Trinity. Therefore he is God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He loves people. He is love. He represents love. He walks in love. He, he, he appropriately push our, uh, Expels that love to people in every way that he can, right? We see that all throughout the Bible. So, if that is who Christ is and we want to make these things obedient to Christ, then we begin to line up with the character of God. We begin to line up. And that's where this whole series is coming from. It's coming from the fact that God is love. And if God is love, then in love always trust, then God always trust. And if God is in us and we want to line up and and, and make our thoughts obedient to God, obedient to Christ, then in that we will look more like Him. We will begin to trust, not because of anything more than we trust God first, right? And, And it's so important that we understand I'm not saying that you put your trust in people because we can only put our trust in God, right? It's not good to put your trust in people. We trust in God alone, Right, But to trust people, to believe the best, to think the best, to not always be suspicious, to not always be skeptical, that's something that I think a lot of us walk in, and it is a miserable, miserable life to live. And and you may say, okay, well, Carrie, if I trust people, if I if I believe the best about them and they hurt me, then what? Well, you know what? God is good and He will get you through that and He'll teach you something in that, right? Because people are going to let us down. And I think knowing that is okay. We don't want to be naive. And and again, if someone has continuously hurt you. I'm not saying that you just sit there and let them abuse you and use you. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that we need to look at Jesus a little bit more and make our thoughts line up with more of how he thinks, right? Make those thoughts line up and become obedient to him, who he is, his character, how he treats people, how he walks in his everyday life. And this is what this is all about. And I know that it's hard and I know it's difficult, but I'm telling you, I've begun doing this whenever I feel like those thoughts are coming back in my head, because I've been doing this for a while now. It's been a few years since the God, since the Lord really showed me that I had a problem with this. And and so I've been doing it for a while. And so the more we, we take the thoughts captive and we line up our thoughts to become obedient with Christ, the easier it gets, right? But the enemy is still going to be after us. And so I've been doing it for a while, but whenever it does happen, whenever I am confronted with someone that says, a big one to me is if you say you're going to do something, do it, right? I I like people that um, are men and women of their word. That is really important to me. And so when I have someone come to me and they say, hey, I'm, thought a lot of times is well, we'll see. I hope they do it. Or, well, let me have a backup plan. And the minute that thought comes into my mind, instead of marinating, letting it marinate in my head, what I do is I I take it out. I take it captive. I'm like, no, I'm not going to think like that about this person. I'm going to believe the best. I'm going to believe that they're telling me that they're going to take care of it. Therefore, they're going to take care of it. Amen? Amen. I think this is so good. And this is a way that we can really apply this verse to our life, that we can begin to do that. We can begin to take the thoughts captive and we can begin to, even if you have to say it out loud, Thank you, Lord, for providing this person. They said they're going to go and do this for me. So God, I thank you that they're going to do it. And I mean, maybe not do it in front of them. Um, Maybe wait till they walk off or maybe do it in front of them and just thank them and bless them right there. I don't know. Let God lead you. But I think that if we begin to do this, then we'll begin to see the change in our minds. And those strongholds will have to break because we're not allowing them to stay in our minds and to take over our minds and to control our minds. We're lining our minds up and making them make our minds obedient to Christ. Amen. Amen.